0: Goodness, we were just a hair away from a workman's comp settlement coming your way. As we start our number two of Sports Talk with Jimmy Hyams, I'm John Wilkerson, and it's never the same when we don't get to have the one, the only Vince Ferrara join us, but he's here today and he's with us for this next hour. You can check out Vince's views when it comes to his blog on 99, uh, 99.1 thesportsanimal.com and there's also Vincenzo's views, the podcast, uh, which takes you down so many uh, educated paths and vince always a pleasure how are you i'm good guys how you doing doing quite well and uh, who can we look forward to as uh we are now less than two hours away from the start of the pregame for the tennessee tip-off show leading into the balls in texas a&m who do you speak with this evening
1: yeah john fulkerson and uh, we obviously talked about kobe bryant uh, his reaction to uh, kobe bryant's passing what he meant to him and his teammates um, you know, really quality stuff from a very mature kid And John Fulkerson. He's very, you know, when we talk to him in regular meetings, he is very funny and you enjoy talking to him. He has just such a fresh perspective on things, but a little bit more serious with, with John today and in, in talking about, uh, you know, Kobe Bryant and and he made sure to mention everyone else that was in that helicopter crash. So, um, And then obviously they're wearing the purple laces on their shoes today. So we, we talked about that a little bit and a little on, on A&M and what they took out of the Kansas game. So all that's coming in uh, the balls in the spotlight on the uh, pregame tonight for that's, Tennessee and Texas A&M. That's right.
0: So about two hours and five minutes from about now, maybe closer to <laughs> 07, but anyhow, between 610 and 615. Look forward to hearing Vince Farrar's conversation with John Fulkerson. To join this conversation, 656-9900, 656-9900. Star 990 is free for AT&T and U.S. Cellular. Customers, the toll-free number, 1-866-656-9900.
2: Vince, is this game for Tennessee tonight against Texas A&M the kind of game the balls cannot lose? if they harbor any hopes of making the NCAA tournament.
1: Boy, well, you never want to say an absolute at this point when there's 11 more regular season games after this one, but it sure seems like one that they need to put in the win column uh, with, you know, of course, company <laughs> considered. <laughs> uh, but it, th- this is the team that has, along with Vanderbilt coming up, uh the two one of the two worst RPIs still left on the remaining regular season schedule you get them at home i, I think it's a team that has struggled in a lot of areas has an AM. Uh, i think this is a game tennessee needs to win and you know the style points don't necessarily matter in the end you just need to to get this w it's also it would also be if they weren't able to win this game it would be their first loss against someone outside of the quad 1 uh, the, all their wins uh, excuse me all, all, all of their games outside of quad 1 have been wins and all seven of their losses have been inside of quad 1 to this point so now that can change teams as they struggle would could slide out and i think washington is very close to sliding out may have uh, may do so before long but it, you you can't afford and if you're if you're going to to have a a below 500 record in quad one, you better take care of the rest of your business. And they're going to eventually have to beat some of those better teams. So I do think this is a game a Tennessee very much needs.
2: Yeah, a And M's NCAA nets 149. Only Vanderbilt is worse. Right. So uh, what's what dangers do the Aggies bring to the table?
1: Well, I, I think they're they're a team that is. To me is going to be well coaching Buzz Williams. I, I think he's a fantastic coach. Now, again, it's going to take some some time, sort of like with Eric Musselman and Arkansas, uh, they're and some of the other newer coaches, Jerry Stockhouse at Vanderbilt, it's going to take some time to really implement what what they want to do. But um you know they're they've got a, a couple of of double digit scorings uh scores. Nebo is a guy that's right there with Eve Ponds in terms of block shots, so he's going to be a, a present, a presence for a And M, and you know I, I think a And M struggles in in a number of areas. Uh, it, so I, I think on the glass, Tennessee can have some success, and I, I think Tennessee, you will, we'll see if they can utilize that 1-2-2 zone that they used a couple of games ago against Vanderbilt, see if if A&M is one of those teams where they can turn them over and get some easy baskets. I I think this is a game where Tennessee can do that. You said you talked with John
2: Fulkerson. It wasn't that long ago that Rick Barnes said that, okay, John Fulkerson is doing some things better, but there is still another level he can take his game. Vince, it looks like he may have taken it to another level.
1: Yeah, and I, when one of the things I, I talked to him uh, today about as well is why is it that you have continued to elevate your game, and he said it's just understanding a familiarity with the offense and what they're trying to do. I think with him, I think maybe that's more of a team answer, but for him individually, to me, it's about. John Fulkerson having the confidence in himself that the coaching staff has in him, and I don't think it's just uh, uh, Rick Barnes. I think the uh, that staff has confidence in John Fulkerson's skill set, and he spent so much time being a role player for this team. It's just been hard for him to not defer and not be a, a just a a effort guy that. It, it, to change your mindset, that is not easy to do. I think he's he's taken strides in that, and he shows that he has the skill set. Obviously, when you get up against a guy like Azubuke in terms of size, there's going to be some limitations in what he can do. But, man, he has long arms. He has hustle. He has offensive moves. Some of those are decision-making, like we talked about yesterday, Jimmy, that, that Jordan Bowden was trying to throw to him. Well, Rick Barnes alluded to, hey, they were communicating that they wanted to do that. Well, that's just an understanding of the situation the opponent to know, all right, That's right, I'm not going to tell him to throw that lob because it's not the right play right now. With a so, seven-footer right, in between. Yeah, yeah. Right, who, who is well aware of what's going <laughs> yeah. on. So I, I think there's obviously improvements there, but to me it's just him understanding that role that they need him and they're effective, Jimmy. Even if he's not Grant Williams inside, he doesn't have to be Grant Williams. They just need to initiate offense through him, him flashing the post in the right positions, lower on the block, demand the basketball, and then it, and then they can play inside out because I think he's a pretty good passer from mm-hmm. the post position. So if he can do those things, he doesn't have to be Grant Williams. He can still be effective as John Fulkerson. Even though Tennessee lost to Kansas,
2: did you see enough from Tennessee that was positive to make you feel like, hey, this is a team that has a chance to win quite a few games down the stretch? A
1: a couple of things. There's still some, obviously some areas of concern because not everybody played well, but I I think the fact that they played so well against such a high-level opponent, that's one in the end. Two, the desire was there to uh, represent yourself well, even when things aren't going well. They still have the toughness to kind of get through that. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is they've, they're still playing the right way like they need to if they're going to have success against these tougher teams on, on their schedule coming up. So playing inside out, Jordan Bowden not just settling on threes. He hit threes in that second half when he came in, but that's because he had already been willing to drive into the lane, and Tennessee was playing inside out. So when they play the right way, those threes are going to be better takes and they're they're going to be more effective with them. So I think that's another encouraging thing is they played the right way, and we'll see if they continue to do that. If they continue to do that, I think there's the, they have a chance to get to that 18-19 mark, which is where they're probably going to need to be in terms of the bubble Again, if they play the right way, but they need Josiah Jordan James to play much much better than we saw last time uh, against Kansas, and then uh, Olivier Kamwa has flashed at times, but I, I'm I'm a little surprised that he hasn't. I know he's just a freshman, and and no it, you know he hasn't spent a ton of time here, but he's he's a smart kid and he is skilled. And Rick Barnes just talked about how skilled he is, so I. If This team, I think, can take another level if he and or Urosh can give them another post presence to to add to what they're doing right now, and that's both offensively and defensively.
0: Our guest, Vince ferrari to do it ferrara to join us 656-9900 656-9900 star 990 is free for at&t and u.s. cellular customers the toll-free number 1-866-656-9900 we'll get a break and be back with more as you listen to sports talk on 99.1 the sports animal
3: this ain't your mama's radio station unless you've got a really cool mama
0: 99.1 the sports animal Sports Talk continues with Jimmy Hyams. I'm John Wilkerson. Joining us this hour, Vince Ferrara. To join us, 656-9900, 656-9900. Star 990 is free for AT&T and U.S. Cellular customers. The toll-free number, 1-866-656-9900. Vince, uh, it's never too early to highlight that uh, while there probably won't be a ton of activity for the university of tennessee a week from tomorrow on the second signing there on the start of the second signing period folks will still be able to uh to follow it all at 99 one thesportsanimal.com and, and we'll have the uh, the latest as it becomes available as tennessee caps off the signing class
1: that's right just like we did in the early signing period and we've done for any of the signing periods in the past we will have Player profiles. We'll have highlights. We'll have Josh Ward's analysis on on the players that signed with the University of Tennessee, and plenty of other reactions. Some more news and notes on on each of those players. So uh, there were some surprises and some guys that weren't committed that ended up signing with Tennessee. Went five for five uh, according to those in the walls at, for the early signing period. I don't think they're going to be able to do that numerically in this one, but who knows. Coaches, yeah. coaches are witches with their signing day numbers, but uh, we'll we'll have it all for you at ninety nine one the dot com.
0: What do you think of of just
1: we'll say the pursuit of five star running back Zach Evans? Well, they? It's obviously bizarre because he was a former Georgia signee, got out of his NLI, and made himself a. Back there in recruiting, and and uh, as uh, as a, a top notch recruit, and you know this late in the game and have a five star out there, of course you're going to draw attraction. It's it's another sort of strange recruitment, kind of like the Jay Hardy was, not exactly the same situation, right. but the fact that Tennessee's in another kind of bizarre type of recruitment. Lane Kiffin is in the mix. Georgia's back in the mix. Um, so, you know, apparently he's had some, some things, uh, there at at his high school with with his coaches and not being happy at times, but, um, you know, it it is, it's a, it's a unique situation to have that kind of talent being out there. And obviously you're, you know, that's a position with skilled players. You always want to add to your team.
0: Yeah. He doesn't sign. Uh, he, he will commit and attend somewhere, you would mm-hmm. think, when all is said and done. Jimmy, have you seen much of this as long as you've been following recruiting? Can you remember many instances like this? And, and and now, even though he may commit to somebody, that doesn't mean he's locked into it like he would be with your national letter. And so he could say, yeah, I'm going here, and then wind up saying, you know what, I decided to, to wake up and go there.
2: There was a bizarre situation. I think it was a year ago. There was a receiver that signed with Southern Cal, McCoy, and then went I to Texas, say, yeah. then back to Texas. Hit the transfer cap.
1: portal. Yeah.
0: And like, then hit the transfer portal again. Yeah, and this guy hadn't played anywhere. Yeah. And I thought, so... so it was the transporter as opposed you, to yeah. the tra- <laughs> <Yeah>. transfer <laughs> so, portal. Beat me like, up, Scotty.
3: Going yeah. back to Troche.
0: So, going back to Cali. So that, <laughs> nice. that one was pretty bizarre. But,
2: uh, yeah, this thing with, with um, Zach Evans is pretty interesting. I uh, Look, I'll say this. Tennessee could absolutely use a five-star running back as he's as good as advertised. Most five-stars are. As good as they're supposed to be, not all, but most of them are. Uh, but I, I think, um, I think Gray and Chandler and Jordan, um, perhaps in that order, are, are pretty good running backs. But if you can elevate a little bit at that position, I think that would really help this offense.
1: Yeah, out of the signing class, you know, Jabari Small was a an, as an athlete that uh, Jeremy Pruitt had mentioned for the running back position. But you don't know if that's going to stick and you know there might be one or two other guys that they look at obviously T Hodge is in that group too as a very much so as a natural running back uh Lenith Whitehead another one that was listed with size uh at uh, at running back uh so they they've got they've got decent numbers but that kind of talent you always make room for them.
2: What are your thoughts on the decommit of Darian Williams and the wide receiver out of Haywood County?
1: You know, from what we heard, I think we talked to John and I talked to Austin Price leading up to National, uh, the start of that first signing period. And it really wasn't, you know, because he had had the injuries in high school, there wasn't the expectation he was going to sign. And anytime you have a kid that doesn't sign, that is it, it, sort of, you know dealing with an injury there's a possibility that they could the school and the player can drift away so it seemed like that was a a possibility although at the time not a guarantee so it's um you know hopefully he finds a a good spot but it it's not really surprising uh, and they've had i guess both of the guys that were committed that didn't sign and uh moving on
0: let's get a call from Wayne you're on sports talk hello wayne
4: Hey, good sunny afternoon, guys. Hello there. Hey, I've got a question. Curious if you are aware of this young man? That uh, his name's Charlie Spiegel uh, in Indiana. I think Palestine High School, maybe, is the name of the high school. Uh, I went to school locally with his mother. He set all kind of records. He's a running back slash fullback. The last I heard that he had walked on at Indiana, but. I heard that he had uh, maybe been looked at a little bit by Tennessee and maybe even thought about walking on to Tennessee. I was just going to see if y'all were aware of this young man and, and uh, if you could comment on it a little bit.
2: I'm not. Uh, I'm if you sorry.
4: don't, look, look him up on YouTube. He's, uh, Charlie Spiegel's his name, and uh, like I say, he set all kind of records and. the – in the state of Indiana, so I was just curious. I had I to know if y'all heard anything about it or not.
1: Uh, it's uh, S-P-E-G-A-L, right? Yes. Yeah, from New Palestine, uh, or Palestine, yeah. I guess, in Indiana. Uh, he doesn't have, uh, look at his profile, he doesn't have a star rating in 24-7. You're right, he's committed to Indiana uh, listed as interest in offers from Army and Indiana State. I, I don't, I don't see Tennessee listed, but that doesn't mean that they didn't maybe do a little bit of a due diligence on him. Um, actually, they they've looked at him, but there's not an official offer. Uh, he's listed as a fullback, actually, by twenty four seven five ten two twenty. Um, you know, now on the twenty four seven composite they have him listed as a two star. So, you know, walk on type of situation for a player like that to to be real. Um, but you know, he's probably going to get a better shot you know, there close to home at, at at Indiana unless he really wanted to come down and, and be a walk on at Tennessee. But with the numbers crunch, I, I just wouldn't see that happening as a scholarship guy. Right, right.
4: Well, just just me myself watching him and looking at his highlights. I mean, I have no personal, you know, uh, affiliation with him, but I was made aware of him because, like I say, I went to school uh, locally with his mother. And uh, and man, just looking at his highlights stuff, I think he's going to be a surprise. He just looks like a hard nosed blue collar, you know, really hard working football player. I was just curious about that, but I appreciate the appreciate your time. Appreciate you taking my call,
0: Wayne. Thank you. Yes, sir. 656-9900. 656-9900. Star 990 is free for AT&T and U.S. cellular customers. The toll-free number, one 656 9900 Vince, as you highlighted just a couple of moments ago, Tennessee did such good work signing 16 that had been committed back in December and then adding five more signatures that weren't committed going into that Wednesday, I guess the the 18th. Now... As you're trying to cap the class, you've got a couple of spots that are being filled on the road by guys that haven't spent the entire time uh, out and about recruiting, simply for the fact that now you have two openings on your staff. Do you think that's much of a wrinkle for Tennessee to be dealing with, or does this come at a beneficial time because you just don't have that much room left to sign guys in this 2020
1: group? Well, I think a lot of the work is done with a number of these kids. And if there is someone that is so crucial or it's such a high target, Tennessee is going to send their heavy hitters, the the middle of the order, so to speak, to make sure that that they finish things off with that player. I I think there's other schools that are in similar situations where they have off-the-field coaches that are helping out on the recruiting trail in the final weeks because people aren't filling their school-to-school openings right now until after signing day. So I really don't think that's much of a detriment for Tennessee. And you know, probably, unless it's somebody really critical, like a head coach or recruiting coordinator, I'm not sure that it's a huge deal for other schools either at this point. Now,
0: and this is not necessarily trying to connect the dots, but the dots are connectable. We'll just see whether or not, Jeremy Pruitt does the same. But, Jimmy, there's been some fodder out there that, okay, Tennessee's trying to land a player like Zach Evans. And then, lo and behold, if indeed Jay Graham were to take advantage of an opportunity to return, and I don't know that that's pending. I don't know just how realistic that is. But if you have – I mean, we've already seen it benefit Tennessee before that because you had guys from other schools that were recruiting a specific player – that they joined the staff at Tennessee, and then lo and behold, when given an opportunity to move, a player or players have landed at Tennessee. And Jay Graham, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, is very familiar and knows Zach Evans.
2: Yeah, that uh, that's an interesting potential connection there with them. Um, and I I don't know if, if Jay Graham's going to come here or not. I haven't talked to him or not, but a lot of times when you do bring on an assistant coach, there might be a player or two that – uh, he's worked and would have a familiarity with that might give you an advantage in trying to uh, in trying to sign him. What do you think, Vince?
1: What, what you don't want is a coach working for one school kind of hinting to that player, hey, right. after, after signing day, I'm going to go here, so you want to go there. That's exactly what this And then happened. you don't get yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, that's very yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, knowing the recruiting game, That stuff, I'm guessing, happens. It's unfortunate, and it's wrong, Mm -hmm. but this is not a clean, cleansed practice, uh, college football recruiting on the major level. Well, that's
0: basketball. (laughs) You're
1: right. Sorry. If if a coach did that to me,
2: I would send him up to the New York Giants to be on that staff. (laughs) (laughs)
1: They're out of room. They've (laughs)
0: got all their quality coaches, Jimmy. Will West (laughs) would love it. Can you imagine how loud that meeting room is going to be? Everybody trying to be heard above the other. I know who will tell them where to put the trash cans. Yeah. well, it's, I think we all know who the smartest man in this room is. Well, the head coach. I've got the safety goggles on.
1: And just think, the head coach, if he doesn't want to talk to the media, look how many guys that will be willing to talk are on that staff, so you won't have to do any presses, press conferences if he doesn't want to. Brilliant that it is
0: that it, although there are quite a few among those coaches that would not care one bit if they never cross paths with a media member again yeah, that's a good point that's vince Ferraro with jimmy himes i'm john wilkerson another half hour to hour number two of sports talk to join us 656-9900-656-9900 656-9900 puts you on 99.1 the sports animal Sports Talk rolls on. Vince Ferrara joining us for hour number two of today's program. 656-9900 is how you join us. We go right back to it where it's Doug who's up next. Hello, Doug. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon.
3: I'm still here in UtaH, where three of the top 25 players in the country play five miles away and not one of them's going to UT. So yep, didn't figure that had changed cool. in the last week. <laughs> <laughs> not unless they were jay hardy <laughs> anyway I've, I've got the i've got the greatest recruiting story for you and i think it's true the guy swears it's true uh we have a friend that graduated from texas in the mid-60s when they were really really good and he interned in the recruiting office and they were after this player in houston who if we'd had ratings back then he'd probably been top 10 in the country and the best player in texas and they thought they were going to get him so my friend was sitting in coach royal's office about four weeks before signing day and the uh, coach that recruited to Houston came and said, Coach, Coach, we got a problem. He said, What's that? He said, Well, we'll call him Bob. Uh, wants to come here, but his father works in the biggest the restaurant in the biggest hotel in Houston, and his boss, the chef, said if he doesn't come here, not only will he not get promoted, he'll fire him. So Coach Royal just kind of waved his arm and said, Don't worry about it, we'll take care of it. So four weeks later, the day before signing, he calls my friend Wayne in and said, Well, Wayne, it's all set. He said, We're going to Houston. We're going to have a signing party, which you could have back then. And we're gonna have it in the restaurant where the where the player's father works. And he said, "Well, what happened to the shelf?" And Roy said, "No problem. I just called our biggest contributor in Houston, and he bought the hotel and fired the chef."
0: Nice.
3: <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't know if that's true or not, but I'll, I'm gonna send you all a picture. He played. This player played against us in the '69 Cotton Bowl.
0: Wow. And
3: uh, the funny funny thing is that probably wasn't illegal was. It?
0: No, I guess not in that instance. (laughs) And probably wouldn't be today.
3: (laughs) Oh, maybe. I thought that was funny. I thought you'd enjoy that. That With all the recent shenanigans we've had with the signings going on. Anyway, have a great day, guys.
0: (laughs) Sure do appreciate it, Doug. Thank you. Let's go next to Bob. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Bob. Hello, fellas. Um, I was just wondering about uh, two guys uh, from West
3: who were committed to Arkansas mm-hmm. and then decommitted. Uh, uh, I don't remember their names. Uh, where are they now? What What's their status?
0: Well, both, uh, they took some visits, and they, they had some other schools to check out, but it turns out that they are indeed going to continue playing together, and both are on their way to Middle Tennessee. So Tyrese Edwards and Drew Francis are going to uh, go from being Rebels to Blue Raiders.
3: Okay, that's what I wanted to
0: know. Thank you. All right, sure to appreciate it, and uh, and wish them the very best. I, I think it's fantastic that they are, Vince, going to wind up playing together.
1: Yeah, pretty interesting that that for whatever reason, not sure if that was more Arkansas's current coaching staff, you know, not not seeing them in the same way the previous staff was, or if it was their decision, or maybe a little bit of both. But uh, two very talented guys, a couple three star. Guys that, um, uh, you know, at Middle Tennessee, I think, can make an impact. So uh, they're, they're fantastic players at West.
0: Yeah, and and I really think that when we were out at the start of the season at Three Ridges going through media day for high school football, I mean, one, those two guys were so super stoked and great personalities, fantastic players, and remarkable individuals It's just, I think it's really cool that they're going to take this next step together after going through what had to be a pretty big upset of the old apple cart. Well, I'm a little disappointed in Sam Pittman at
2: Arkansas based on the story I heard because what I was told by somebody that should know, Sam Pittman and the players agreed, don't have to sign in December, let's get to know each other. Let's visit, so forth, get to know each other, come for an official, whatever. And then when they didn't sign in December, Pittman pulled the offer. So... And then they were left out in the cold. Yeah,
0: because they were uh-huh. going to visit in January. Yeah, they had that's scheduled right. visits, they had agreed for to January. visit in
2: January. So that's disappointing that Arkansas went that direction. They had offers from other places. Charlotte, I think, offered, maybe yep. some
0: other small places offered. But, and I believe but, that Drew took a look at Purdue. And uh, and I think Edwards might have taken a visit or two or at least explored options uh, yeah. elsewhere.
1: Well, Tyrese had uh, has offers from Arizona, Indiana, Memphis, Missouri. Yeah, at some other good offers. Now yeah. the timing of those, that's what uh you know what, what'll depend. But yeah, I I hadn't heard that, Jimmy. That that's uh th- that's disappointing. Um
0: to join us on the program, six five six ninety nine hundred, six five six ninety nine hundred. We do have the Super Bowl upcoming and Vince, as you highlighted in the conference championship round, you now have uh VFL versus VFL, and that should be pretty cool. But the uh, the wait is over for one Dustin Colquitt.
1: Yeah, he was actually interviewed, for those of you that watch the WWE like I do, they had, you know how there's every channel in existence pretty much, especially the national networks, they'll have some celebrity interviewer. So they had Baron Corbin from the WWE interviewing players, and he's from Kansas City, so he interviewed Dustin Colquitt and you know, I asked him about the experience, and he's like, oh, I'm a Kansas City guy, you know, really appreciated, wishing wishing you the best. And I guess he would be the third Colquitt to win a Super Bowl? Correct. Yeah. Um,
0: lagging behind Father Craig and Brother Britton.
1: <laughs> he would appreciate the phrase l- lagging. <laughs> well,
0: And the great news is, I mean, if they win Sunday, the conversation changes drastically at Thanksgiving, don't you think? Cause Craig has two and Dustin got one. He's give me be Britain has one. He, he kicked in two. Right. And then, uh, and now Dustin gets to, uh, to get just a taste of what that's he, like. He'll play the one of you. What have you done lately card? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's
1: true. It, so it, it was interesting watching some of those interviews that, that both Dustin Colquitt and Emmanuel Mosley did uh with media day and, Um, you know it's exciting you just see the 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 glow um, that Emmanuel Mosley has as a guy that honestly there was not NFL uh, expectations for him coming out of Tennessee as much criticism as he took while he wore the orange and white uh, he's been a little bit of a surprise but boy he's earned it and he grinds doesn't he absolutely he could very well be a starter in the Super Bowl as well, opposite of Richard Sherman. If they stick with who's played better at that other corner spot, uh, a, a starter in the Super Bowl—that's another level. You know, we've seen that a, a, a few times, but uh, over the last few years. But uh, somebody a VFL for the 11th straight year is going to win the Super Bowl, and you know both of those guys are, are great guys. So it was neat to see them in that on that stage.
2: John, they're two guys that were defensive backs at Tennessee that have done well in the NFL, and I didn't see either one of them coming. The other one was Justin Coleman. Yep. Mm-hmm. Did not see that. He's done nice. He's yes. done a nice job in the NFL.
1: Yeah, his team didn't have a great year. True. But he did get the big contract and you know, started a lot of games for the Lions this year, so you're you're right about that. And and with this newer group, yes, I think they've been developed in, uh, by Jeremy Pruitt and the staff. But there may be more of those guys having success on the NFL level that people are going to look back and be frustrated on and say, why couldn't we see that at Tennessee more?
0: Yeah, and then also somebody who we've talked about just the circuitous route because, unfortunately, at the time that, as he said himself, he was living his best life, he got hurt. Jonathan Kongbo, I think, is somebody you you were almost – not guaranteed, but I'll be
1: surprised if you
0: don't hear from him and the NFL
1: next year. And part of the 49ers organization, That's right. technically. Yes. Jalen Hurd also inactive or on the on the reserve injured list. So he's another one moving forward. You know, 49ers maybe win the Super Bowl and don't have a lot of losses next year and maybe is in a great position. You could see VFL is very involved with them.
2: I remember interviewing Kongbo at the Pro Day mm-hmm. and a lot of people had walked away i came in late on the interview and he was talking about how he didn't appreciate the previous staff that they had not told him the truth and he said i learned more in a half a year with jeremy pruitt than i learned in my career with the other coaches and he said i wish i could play tennessee another year to learn even more he was very complimentary of pruitt not so much the previous staff and i thought
1: that was pretty pretty telling That falls in line with the thoughts of many of the fans, for sure. Mm -hmm.
0: You, of course, do a great job of highlighting VFLs in the NFL, VFLs in the NBA. Um, What about four VFLs in the XFL?
1: Saw that. Yeah, the rosters were released. And, yeah, Micah Abernathy with Dallas. You have uh, Khalil McKenzie, who we mentioned yesterday, with Los Angeles. Um, Who are the other ones, John? There's, uh, There's two more. Yeah, there sure are. Um. Yeah, I I can't think of the other two right off the top of my head, but yeah, I saw that today, and um, you know, good for those guys. They are it's it's it, it's a spring since it's a spring league. It opens up the chance for you to be able to get some reps. Clue McKenzie, for example, he didn't. The other ones are Venzel Bulwer with Seattle, Latroy Lewis with Houston, and Latroy yes. Lewis spent some time with the Texans. Sure did. And so great, great opportunity. So bullwear Seattle, McKenzie, L.A., Abernathy, Dallas, Lewis with Houston. 52 player rosters, uh, eight teams in the XFL. Starts a week from Saturday, so February 8th uh, with uh, with the XFL. And, you know, i, I be honest with you. I love football. I will, because of those guys, because of the curiosity as a new league, I will check it out but because there've been a lot of other things going on and then also because there you had the the previous league fail i think there's still a little bit of a uh, what what's this going to be like is it is it going to be much better than the first version XFL 1.0. Yeah. is 2.0 going to be better than that. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> You're fired. Vince, <laughs> Vince McMahon. Uh, but uh, I, I hope it's quality. I hope those guys, I hope the XFL treats it like a developmental league that some people will watch in the spring and then not let the, not do things to keep these guys from living out their dream in the National Football League come the fall.
0: Yeah, I give him a thumbs down because a, a former Buccaneers quarterback, uh, Josh Johnson, had a chance to sign a contract. He had, been, he had signed with the XFL, had been given an opportunity with the NFL in the second half of the season, and they blocked it. And I thought, That's, hmm. that shouldn't be your play. If you want to be attractive, you want to be the most attractive, you need to show that it's all about giving guys the opportunity to play, to play your brand of football. Don't have the first issue with them saying, here's what we're doing. We're going to be better at this than the NFL in regards to this, this, and this style of play, character, all you name it. Um, We're going to be better. That's fine. But I just think you need to make sure that you promote anybody in your player ranks that have the opportunity to get an NFL deal. You let them go. Simply for the fact that that's just going to be, that's going to make you more attractive to anybody that is on that bubble. To where they could get a phone call at any point in time, but they also want to work if they have that opportunity.
1: Yeah, because some players are going to say, all right, do I stay here with the NFL or do I go get some reps in the spring? But what if they don't let me back? Right then I'm, I'll am i just stay and work out on the side and train with some teammates or whatever versus playing with them and making their league better. You're not competing with the National Football League. That's something you do if you are competing with them, right. and no one should do that because it doesn't work out.
0: Yeah, if they'd ever been around at the same time, this and the American Association of whatever football, the right. AAL, uh, whatever... Um, if, then I could understand them blocking a move to a, making a lateral move. Right. But this was an opportunity that somebody was prevented from having with the NFL, and I thought that was bad on the XFL. We'll get a break. We've got another segment to this hour, a final segment with Vince Ferrara as you listen to Sports Talk on 99.1 The Sports Animal. If we were a sports car, we'd be red, fast, and expensive. 99.1 The Sports Animal. Final segment to hour number two of Sports Talk. A final segment with Vince Ferrara. To get a question or comment in under the wire, 656-9900, 656-9900. And Vince, if folks aren't already doing it, uh, tell them what they'll find and also why they should make dot thesportsanimal.com, a part of their daily routine.
1: Well, uh, a, a ton of Tennessee coverage, and it comes in terms of podcasts. It comes in terms of videos, blogs, Uh, daily stories all of that and if you when you go to our website you'll see those those big uh, rotating reels each one of those are a different story on almost all of them on the Tennessee volunteers and then uh, look below that you can get to podcast and then below that there's a video section and below that there's that entire story feed with archives you can go back and get to anything you want any of the previews and wrap ups for any Tennessee football game, basketball game, whatever sports playing uh, uh, that we air here on the Sports Animal, you can find it. And then the blog section, the show section, uh, all of, there's just a, an incredible amount of, of information there, and a lot of uh, specialty shows you can read up about those. Uh, so make it, uh, as you mentioned, John, a part of your daily routine. Ninety-nine-one. TheSportsAnimal.com,
0: And as we've talked about, there's Vince's Views, which is your blog that uh, you do sometimes multiple blogs a week, depending on how busy and all the storylines that are out there. You have Vincenzo's Views, which is a podcast, but you've also got, and we welcome the addition to our list of programs, uh, starts out, I guess the first was a podcast, and but you're, you've got a show on MMA that's uh, debuting this week.
1: Uh, tomorrow night. Yep, right after Will West's new soccer show, the starting 11, that will air tomorrow night right after your show from 7 to 8 p.m. And then In the Cage, MMA Radio with myself and Tim Loy will debut here on the Sports Animal Weekly, Wednesday nights, unless, of course, there's all vol- network conflicts time to time. That will happen. But it will have big-time interviews, national. We're going to talk UFC. We're going to talk uh Bellator. We're going to talk about national and local MMA. We're going to, both of us have very, Uh, being in the sport of MMA, uh, have some unique perspective and access to, to kind of taking you behind the scenes or in this case, in the cage, and tell you about how the the sport works from the inside out. So it'll be a lot of fun. I know there's a lot of MMA fans out there, so looking forward to doing that each and every week. It's In the Cage MMA Radio debuting tomorrow night from 8 to 9, and then afterwards it will be podcasted at 991thesportsanimal.com, iTunes, Google, all the platforms, and you can stream the show as well from our website each week. Too much fun. Yeah. Sounds
0: like you're having too much fun.
1: That's right. Yes, sir. Just like uh, this hour each week, Tuesdays, <laughs> 4 to 5.
0: And what do you see as the key for Tennessee tonight against A&M? Well,
1: I, I think it's getting easy baskets. And uh, you you want to see them, obviously, uh, executed in the half court. But I want to see them get some easy baskets, not have it be a grind. And I think so turning, winning the turnover margin is going to be big. They obviously turned it over too much against Kansas. You want to win that category. If they do, I think that will be the easy baskets that will loosen things up for them and they they can get the win tonight.
0: All right, Vince, we always appreciate it. Thank you so much. Look forward to your conversation with John Fulkerson, which we will hear sometime between 610 and 615. But uh, we'll talk to you at the half.
1: All right, sounds good. Thanks, guys.
0: That's Vince Ferrara.